0: Hey there everybody, Jason here. Tonight's special story is all about Hell's Bells. That's right, the ACDC song that rocked the nation in probably late 70s, early 80s, I think, maybe. It's not about that. It's about a woman named Belle who made people to live on uh, an earthly hell.
1: Hell's bells.
0: That's what that song's about, right? Oh man, this You're one's a fun mind. one. Enjoy. Your heart sweat, heart swears, body shakes, another kiss another is what it takes. Can't sleep. can't sleep, can't eat, can't eat. There's no doubt, there's no doubt. Sure, indeed, no. Throw aside, throw aside. side, ham, green, Now the kiss, now the kids All you need no, is all you need. like to think, you no, like to no, think, no, just like stuff. Music, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's closer to the truth that you love candy, it's now. You don't have the face, have to have tickets. Nope. Just doing the same dealie. Okay. Well, that's good and fine. By that's me. Booty, son. So to his recording, and so you can take your booty-son microphone back and shove it up your (sighs) Ah, booty-son. (laughs) Booty-son! Oh, so, booty-son. Welcome, welcome to a claustrophobia-inducing, rain-drenched, in-my-fucking-car episode of See no, hear no, speak no. That's right.
2: I'm sitting on Jason's lap currently, and it is warm. Mm-hmm. Along with the UFOs, conspiracies, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, if you guys hear uh, little rain droplets and such, that's because the only free parking spot was under a tree. And man, trees like to drop big old fat raindrops on you. But I'm not going to complain. You know why? You know why, Chris? I do not. Because fuck you is why. Okay.
2: All right.
0: Son of a bitch, man. Come well, then there's that. Comes into town and he's like, let's record in your stupid car. And I'm like, fine. I'm just kidding. It was my it was my idea. But we don't got to deal with people talking. <laughs> that's, that's not what it's recording through. Anyways, I would like to bring to everyone here a new story. A new news story. New, new, old, old? New, old, from the 1880s story. Oh. Mm-hmm. Of Belle Sorensen Guinness.
2: This a is, woman, you say? So
0: I, I did say a woman's name, yes. Uh, she was actually known as Hell's Bells. Awesome. Right? I mean, come on, man. Uh, but she was actually, uh, she was born under the name Brunhild Paldstadter. Stereth. I don't like that at all. <clears throat> Doesn't mm-hmm. Does not have the same ring to it at all, man. Uh, she was Norwegian. Huh. Yeah. Go figs, right? Right. She was born in Selbu. That's right. S-E-L-B-U. Norway. Uh, November 11th, 1859. Um, yeah, I already said what she was born as. Whatever. But in her her uh her lifetime her early years um their uh her origin story is one cloaked in mystery and fanciful feats and fancies okay so many feet man Mm -hmm. it's like that website you keep fucking showing me Uh, you know the one that's right um, yeah. <laughs> most of her biographers, that's right, there's more than one, state that she was born on November 11th, 1859, as I just said. It's my mom's birthday. Is it really? November 11th, yeah. This bitch is your mom, isn't she? I mm, well, hope nah. I fucking knew it. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Close to home, it hits. Um, near the Lake of Selbu. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the O with the, with the line through it. But it, so if I didn't do whatever that is supposed to be pronounced as, um, then it would be uh, Sore Trondelag. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with it. Let's go with Boom! it. Boom. Uh, her parents were Paul Pedersen. That's a. It's really close to to Pederast. Pedarest person. Yes. Okay. That uh, seems
2: far too simple for a Norwegian.
0: Storset, uh, which uh, he was a stonemason. And uh, Barrett Oldstadter. She was the youngest of their eight children. Gross. Yes. Eight children. How many survived? Go. Uh,
2: either way, it's too damn many. It
0: doesn't tell me how many survived, so doesn't matter. I don't think. Maybe it does. We'll find out later.
2: No more than two.
0: Or will they? It. Will we or they? Um... They lived at uh that oh man that O with the line through it fuck that thing, uh Storts No,
2: no, no.
0: I think Take I did. It back, I did very away. well with that actually. It's a very small uh Cotters farm in man fuck you goddamn Norway. They
2: grow Cotters there.
0: In Bagadigida.
2: Nah, the, the, get the fuck out.
0: I double N B Y G D A. And that's just 60 kilometers southeast of Trondheim. I know I got that one right. That sounds right. Which is the largest city in central Norway. Um, (laughs) uh, There is a common, but also very unverified, story about her early life. uh, In which, in 1877, she attended a country dance while pregnant. And there she was attacked by a man who kicked her in the abdomen, causing her to miscarry the child. The man who came uh, from a rich family was never prosecuted by the Norwegian authorities. According to people who knew her, her personality changed markedly. The man who attacked her died shortly afterwards. His cause of death was said to be stomach cancer. Mm -hmm. Having grown up in poverty, Guinness took service the next year on a large, wealthy farm and served there for three years in order to pay for a trip across the Atlantic. Following the example of Sister Nell Larson, who had emigrated to America earlier, Guinness moved to the United States in 1881 and assumed a more American-style name. Initially, she worked as a servant.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, so we have, uh, we have our lady here. We have Belle. And, uh, let's see, if she was born in 59 and she was kicked in the stomach in 77, that means that she was, uh, what, like, uh, it's like uh, 18. 18-ish? And then uh, she gets here in eighty one. No, twenty two.
2: Twenty two, is it? No, it's eighteen. Sorry, fifty nine to seventy seven. Yeah, it's eighteen. You
0: better be sorry. My
2: bad. My
0: bad. So and then from uh, so eighteen at seventy seven. Uh, so in eighty one, that would be put uh, six seven, seven, some more years. Four years. Just four. Seventy
2: seven to eighty one. it just four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad at math. So, She was twenty two.
0: She's twenty two when she got to the good old U.S.O.A. and then you know she uh, worked as a servant so she was uh, a yes ma'am no ma'am but in uh, Norwegian
2: yeah i don't know what those words are
0: Mm-mm. there's a bunch of o's with lines through them and it's mm. just confusing so mm. now it's
2: that ma'am word i'm not so I'm so
0: clear on yes ma'am I don't be saying that shit no
2: ma'am
0: her first victim was in 1884 three hmm. years three years it took her she married Mads that's right just like Miklesen, Mi- Mi- Mikkelsen 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 Mi- the, the good actor guy that's uh, from that neck of the woods Mads Mikkelsen Mik- I don't know what the fuck you're talking he about he was in though. that movie he was in lots of movies actually he's, right, you know. he's very uh, Norwegian I think <laughs> maybe Swedish um, Mads uh, Dietliff Anton Sorensen that's right four names a man so important they said no you get one more than everyone else Mm-mm. yes Mad's ditlev anton Sorensen uh, she married him in Chicago where two years later they opened a confectionery store oh. that's where they made uh they made pastries to look like uh, stores
2: candies and stuff okay
0: man tasty stuff the business was not successful uh, within a year the shop mysteriously burned down hmm they collected insurance, which paid for another home. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, it's called Playing the Game. Yeah. That's what it's called. Though, some researchers uh, will assert that Sorensen, the Sorensen Union, produced no offspring, which means they ain't got no kids. Uh, others will report that they had four children, which Jeez. is way more than none. Yeah, that's pretty far off. I mean, one is 100% more than none. Mm-hmm. You're going, just man, okay. Um, and they even have names. These supposed children, the ones that that may even be fake. Um, Ghost babies. Ghost baby riding the rails. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie just played out in my head. It was great. I liked it. Until the last 20 minutes, it got real slow. Um, the kids' names, Carolyn, uh, Caroline, Caroline mm-hmm. or Carolyn. I, I guess it is player's dealer's choice. Caroline. Axel, Badass. Uh, Myrtle, not you know whatever. She, you you name a kid Myrtle, that's they're being polite. called Turtle. Yeah. Uh, and Lucy, yeah. Uh, Caroline, and Axel died in infancy, uh, allegedly of acute colitis, mm-hmm. which sounds like they then ground the babies up and put them in those kaleidoscopes, oh. and that's how we get the pretty colors that mm. we all love. The symptoms of acute colitis. Would be nausea, fever, diarrhea, and lower abdominal pain and cramping, and those are also symptoms of many forms of poisoning.
2: Indeed. Hmm. Sounds like a difficult baby to deal with.
0: I think that this lady just had bad luck, and so did her children. and I don't think that we need to be throwing out accusations yet. I agreed.
2: Agreed. That's <laughs> impolite.
0: I, I yeah. Give Hell's bells a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both Caroline and Axel's lives were reportedly insured. And the insurance company paid out.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: May 7th, 1908. An article in the New York Times says the two children belonging to Guinness and her husband, Mads, Mad Sorensen. That is a badass name. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That's a badass name. Uh, were interred in her plot in Forest Home Cemetery. Uh, which means they dug them up, I guess. Hmm. Interred? Yeah. So back in time for some reason, <laughs> June thirteenth, <13th>, nineteen hundred. <1900. laughs> the other one was nineteen oh eight, I don't get it. Okay. Uh Guinness and her family were counted on the United States Census in Chicago. The census recorded her as the mother of four children, of whom only two were living. Myrtle A, who was three, and Lucy B was one. An adopted ten year old girl <laughs> an adopted ten year old girl identified possibly as Morgan Couch. Uh. Who would identify as Morgan Couch? I mean, these days
2: you can identify as a mango if you want to, so I guess a couch would work.
0: Morgan Mango, at your service. I
2: don't know exactly (laughs) what couches do for society, other than... Oh man, they're so comfortable. Do you not know what a couch is? I mean, if a person identifies as a couch, I would (sighs) sit on them just because. Yeah, you'd
0: have to, by principle. By, yeah. By principle building. It's just the rules. Yes, Apparently, later known as Jenny Olson, she was also counted among them in the household. Um, Sorensen Mads, if you will, uh, died on July 30th, 1900, reportedly the only day on which two life insurance policies on him overlapped. Mm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> two for the price of one Mads. Wow. Uh, the first doctor to see him thought he was suffering from strychnine poisoning. However... The Sorensen's family doctor had been treating him for an enlarged heart, hmm. and he concluded that death had been caused by heart failure.
2: I just thought having a big heart was a good thing.
0: No, man. You die super, super young if you do. Hmm. Yeah, that's why dicks are fucking so old all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you'll live a long time. Is Don't worry dick about that. Is older than you? Sometimes. Depends on what comes out first, I guess. Gross. I didn't make the rules. That's nasty. I just interpret them as I see fit. I didn't know there was going to be this kind of show already. Guinness told the doctor that she had given her late husband medicinal, quote-unquote, powders to help him feel better. You shouldn't give someone with an enlarged heart cocaine. Right, 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 right. Um, I mean, unless they have overlapping (laughs) insurance Uh policies happening. She applied for the insurance (coughs) money the day after her husband's funeral. Of course, why wouldn't you? That's when you're supposed to do it, I think. Uh, Sorensen's relatives claim that Guinness had poisoned her husband to collect on the insurance. Surviving records suggest that an inquest was ordered. It's unclear, however, that uh, an investigation actually happened, or his body was ever exhumed to check for arsenic, uh, as his relatives had demanded. The insurance companies awarded her $8,500, which is about $217,000 fucking dollars. (laughs) In uh, two hundred two hundred and eight, in two thousand eight dollars, it says. It's a decent chunk. Yeah, which I think that would be maybe more now or less. I don't know. So yeah, that was only one insurance policy that did that. I was both. I think the insurance companies awarded her oh. two hundred seventeen thousand dollars in, in two thousand eight dollars, which uh, she bought a farm on the outskirts of Laporte, Indiana, with. Terrible place. I don't. I don't. I have nothing to go on to in to Indiana, say that it sucks. I, I, Yeah, I, I, I will go ahead and, and accept that as as truth. Thank you. Suspicion of murder. In 1901, uh, she had purchased a house on McClung Road. M-C. Big M, little C. Big C, little L-U-N-G. Sounds right. McClung. It's hard to say. That G at the end just really fucking trips you up. Um... It's been reported that both uh, the boat and the carriage houses burned to the ground shortly after she got the property. I don't see it. I think this lady just has perpetual bad luck.
2: She has a, an arsonist goblin following her.
0: Man, I wish I had an arsonist goblin.
2: My goblins just steal my black socks. I didn't know there were
0: ones that set fire to shit. My goblins just pooping in his black socks before his other goblins steal them.
2: Well, at least I don't have to put them on. With goblin
0: duty in them. You don't have to, but you do anyway, uh, weirdo. Uh, uh, she was as she was preparing to move from Chicago to Laporte. She became reacquainted with a recent widower, Peter Guinness. Ooh, that a sounds. Guinness, a Guinness. Well, I mean, her name is Guinness because of this guy. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, he was also Norwegian-born. They were married in Laporte on April first, nineteen o two. Just one week after the ceremony. Peter's infant daughter died. Of uncertain causes. Jesus. Let's not jump to conclusions, guys. While alone in the house with Belle. <laughs> mm-hmm. In December of 1902, <laughs> Peter himself met with a... a, a an
1: ...unfortunate accident. Untimely, let's if you say, will.
0: According to Belle, he was reaching for his slippers next to the kitchen stove when he was scalded with brine. What? <laughs> she later declared that, in fact, part of a sausage grinding machine fell from a high shelf, causing the the fatal head injury. Wow. Man. After being scalded with brine? I guess so. And he got clunked in the head with I mean, that's grinder? that's when you're going to flail. <laughs> I the brine! The brine! Ouch. That's rough. Uh, yeah. A year later, Peter's brother, Gust, not Gus, but Gust, G-U-S-T, uh, took Peter's older daughter, uh, Swan Hilda to, yeah. to Wisconsin. She is the only child to have survived living with Belle. Yeah. Uh, her husband's death netted uh, Miss Guinness another $3,000. Uh, some sources say 4000 Fuck those people. They don't know shit. Uh, local people refused to believe that her husband could be so clumsy. He had run a hog farm on the property and was known to be an experienced butcher the district coroner reviewed the case and unequivocally announced that he had been murdered. Murdered! He convened a coroner's jury to look into the matter. Uh, so meanwhile, Jenny Olson, was then 14, the 10-year-old uh, orphan girl that was living with, with her before. Uh, she was overheard confessing to a classmate,
1: My mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver, and then he died. Don't tell a
2: soul.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that always works. And you know what followed was, or I'll do it to you.
2: And then a soul was told.
0: Man, souls were told. Uh, Jenny was brought before the coroner's jury, but denied having made the remark. Guinness, meanwhile, convinced the coroner that she was innocent of any wrongdoing. She did not mention that she was pregnant, which would have inspired oh, shit. which would have inspired sympathy. Fourteen-year-old. Uh, <clears throat> um, mm, man. We just said she was fourteen. Yeah. But, yeah, she was. In May uh, 1903, uh, a baby boy, Philip, joined the family. In late 1906, Belle told neighbors that her foster daughter, Ginny Olson, had gone away to a Lutheran college in Los Angeles. Some neighbors were informed that it was a finishing school for young ladies.
2: Uh Uh-huh, sure it was. And then two months later, a baby boy, Philip, exited the family. (laughs) He
0: went to that finishing school, too, I think. He didn't leave a note. No one knows. In fact... Uh, Jenny's body would later be found buried on her adop- adoptive mother's property. Jesus. Yep. Uh, between 1903 and 6, Belle continued to run her farm. In 1907, she employed a single farmhand, Ray Lampier, to help with chores. Now come the suitors. Oh, shit. That's right. Those fucks in suits, like swarms of locusts, all looking for a sweet piece of that Belle. That Belle. Oh, man. Trying to ring that bell. Nope, not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) The suitors. So, around the same time, Guinness inserted the following advertisement into the matrimonial columns of all the Chicago Daily newspapers and those of other large Midwestern cities.
2: Yeah, because that's worked out for every other story we've ever told on this show. If they don't show you
0: tits, then GTFO. GTF motherfucking O. So... Her, her her, ad goes as follows. Personal. Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Even she's like, I don't need no trifling, bitches.
2: Fucking, so that's... I mean, I guess it's worth putting in there. Although, well, I'm wondering. I mean, if they a trifler would snail mail dick pics back in the day.
0: <gasps> snail mail dick pics. Trifling.
2: Man, trifling.
0: Yeah. Several middle-aged men of means responded to Guinness's ads. I bet it was the the comely line. <laughs> it really <laughs> got them there. Man, one of these was John Moe. That's right, John Moe. John Mo. I'm John Moe. I am our Lord Sprinkles' fucking right hand <laughs> man, John Moe. You need, sh- you need some. You need some shoes. I know a guy could get you some shoes. He arrived from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Okay. I'm John Moe from Elbow Lake. No, you're not. You fucking no. liar. No. You are a liar. Get out of you here. you fucking with me. Oh. Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Trifling ass. Trifling indeed. He had brought more than a thousand bucks with him to pay off her mortgage, or, Shit. or so he told neighbors, whom Guinness introduced him to as her cousin. Well, that's not very. Uh, confidence building
2: Nor is it a good story To turn around and say you married your cousin
0: Yeah, I mean I guess They were probably cool with it back then there, And most
2: places I mean they then. were impregnating 14 <coughs> year olds Like it was no big deal so. It
0: certainly wasn't her brother So there's <laughs> that He disappeared from her farm within a week of his arrival Sure did Next came George Anderson He was from Tarkio. Missouri. Now,
2: if you don't marry him, you don't get the insurance. Why? Dude brought
0: a thousand bucks with him. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, who, like Peter Guinness and John Moe, was an immigrant from Norway. So they're all born and bred where bread isn't born. Do we even have that many
2: Norwegians in this country?
0: Well, not, anymore. not anymore. But... <laughs> no, nah, she took care of that. Uh, during dinner with Anderson, she raised the issue of her mortgage. Anderson agreed that he would pay off, uh, pay it off if they decided to wed. Late that night, Anderson awoke to see her standing over him holding a, gutty, a guttering candle in her hand with a strange, sinister expression on her face.
2: Mm,
0: Without strange. uttering a word, she ran from the room. Anderson fled from the house, soon taking a train to Missouri. Good for you, Mr. Anderson. Seriously. The suitors, though, kept coming, but none except for Anderson ever left the Guinness Farm. By this time... She had begun ordering huge trunks to be delivered to her house. Oh, shit. Yep. Uh, hack driver, I don't know what a hack is, but this guy drove him. Clyde Sturgis delivered many such trunks to her uh, from the port and later remarked how the heavyset woman would lift these enormous trunks like boxes of marshmallows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's a big fucking awesome strong lady, I guess. Tossing them. <laughs> big Viking bitch. Tossing them onto her wide shoulders and carrying them into the house. Like she, marshmallows. She kept the shutters of her house closed day and night. Farmers traveling past the dwelling at night saw her digging in the hog pens. Man.
2: Yeah, that's not ominous at all.
0: Yes, it is. What are you talking about? It's super ominous. What an idiot. It's not even a little suspicious. Go to school. Ol B. Budsburg. That's right. O-L-E, the letter B, dot Budsburg. Ole <clears throat> uh, Was actually an elderly widower from, uh, Iloa? Wait, uh, no. Iola. I-O-L-A Iola Iola, Wisconsin He appeared next He was last seen alive At the Laporte Savings Bank On April 6, 1907 When he mortgaged his Wisconsin land there Signing over a deed And obtaining several thousand dollars in cash Uh, His sons, Oscar and Matthew Butzberg Had no idea that their father Had gone off to visit Guinness When they finally discovered his destination They wrote to her uh, Which she promptly responded Saying she had never seen their father I don't know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, several other mid- middle-aged men appeared and disappeared in brief visits to the Guinness Farm throughout 1907. Then, in December, Andrew Heligan, uh, wait, no, Helg-Helg-Illene, helg Okay.
2: Yep,
0: mm-hmm. a bachelor from Aberdeen, South Dakota, wrote her and was warmly received. The pair exchanged many letters, until a letter that overwhelmed helg written in Guinness's own careful handwriting, and dated January 13, 1908. This letter was found at the Helgelin farm. It read,
1: To the dearest friend in the world, no woman in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man that I want. It does not take one long to tell when when to like a person, and you I like better than anyone in the world. I know. Think how we will enjoy each other's company. You, the sweetest man in the whole world, will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? I think of you constantly when I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear children speaks of you, or I, I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song. It is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you. My Andrew, I love you. Come prepared to stay forever.
0: That last part. The come forever... To, 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 <clears throat> you ain't leaving. No, 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 no. That is when... I'll see to that. I, like, man, I think this joke has gone on long enough. Yeah. I think we should maybe tell this lady that there's five of us. And there is no Andrew. <laughs> ah, in response to her letter, uh, Helgelin flew to her side in January 1908. He had with him a check for $2,900, which was his savings, which he had drawn from his local bank. Um, a few days later, uh, when a few days after he had arrived, uh, he and Guinness appeared at the savings bank in La Porte and deposited the check. Uh, Helgelin uh, vanished a few days later, but... Guinness appeared at the savings bank to make a $500 deposit and another deposit of $700 in the state bank. At this time, she started to have some problems with one Ray Lampshire.
2: Hmm, fucking
0: Lampshire. That son of a bitch. In March of 1908, Guinness sent several letters to a farmer and horse dealer in Topeka, Kansas named Lon Townsend, inviting him to visit her. He decided to put off the visit until spring and thus did not see her before a fire at her farm. Guinness was also in correspondence with a man from Arkansas and sent him a letter dated May 4th, 1908. He would have visited her, but did not because of the fire at the farm. Uh, Guinness allegedly promised marriage to a suitor, Bert Albert, who also did not go, but this time is because of his lack of wealth. What the fuck was she even doing with him then? Right. Ugh. So the hired hand, Ray Lampshire, uh, was, for some unspeakable reason, deeply in love with Guinness. Uh, by this time, she is not – I mean, she was never like, oh, my God. But the, she's right around like, oh, my God. Uh, which, okay. you know, uh, he would perform any chore for her, no matter how gruesome. He became jealous of the many men who arrived to court his employer and began making scenes. So she fired him on February 3rd, 1908. Shortly after dispensing with Lampshire, she presented herself at the Laporte Courthouse. She declared that her former employee was not in his right mind and was a menace to the public. She somehow convinced local authorities to hold a sanity hearing. Lampier was pronounced sane and then released. Uh, Guinness was back a few days later to complain to the sheriff that Lampier had visited her on the farm and argued with her. She contended that he posed a threat to her family and that Lampier would be arrested for trespassing. He returned again and again to see her, but she drove him away. Uh, He made thinly disguised threats. Uh, On one occasion, he confided to a farmer, William Slater, uh, "Hellglean won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps. For keeps. That's right. For keeps. You want him for keeps? I got one for keeps. Helgine had long since disappeared from the precincts of Laporte, or so it was believed. However, his brother Isle, A S L E, was disturbed when Andrew failed to return home, and he wrote to Bell in Indiana asking, uh, you know, about his sibling's whereabouts. Uh, Mullinish wrote back telling uh, Isle, as Azel. Helgelin that his brother was not at her farm and probably went to Norway or some shit. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> that's usually pretty convincing when you put or some shit at the end.
0: I did. I put that there. Uh, <laughs> no, she said I like it, though. It she sounds said, <laughs> like
2: something she would say. She
0: said or to visit relatives or whatever, but yeah, that's or some See? shit. Or whatever. I'm so, not his fucking keeper. Mm-hmm. he probably fucking some other broad or some shit. Out in Norway or something, probably. Go check Norway. Go check I bet Norway. he's there.
2: Have fun.
0: <laughs> um, uh, the brother wrote back saying he didn't believe his brother would, would do that. <laughs> Moreover, he believed that his brother was still in Laporte, uh, which was the last place he had been seen or heard from. Uh, Guinness brazened it out. I don't know what brazened to mean. It sounds serious, though. Uh, she told him that if he wanted to come and look for, her, for his brother she would help conduct the search, but she cautioned him that searching for missing persons was an expensive proposition. If she were to be involved in such a manhunt, she stated, he should be prepared to pay her for her efforts. Well, he did, in fact, then go to Laporte, but not until May. So, Lampier, at this point, is an unresolved danger to her, uh, because he knows. Mm. He knows too much for keeps for keeps and uh now the helgeline brother was making inquiries that could very well send her to the gallows she told a lawyer in laporte m e Lee leader sure that she feared for her life and that of her children uh lay ramp lampier said that uh she said had threatened to kill her and burn her house down she wanted to make out a will in case lampier went through with his threats Wait, does she even have
2: any children anymore?
0: Yeah, oddly enough. She's got some. She's got like uh, three or four of them, I think. Jesus. Yeah. Um, The lawyer compiled and drew up her will. Uh, She left her entire estate to her children and then departed the lawyer's office. She went to one of the Laporte Bank's holdings, uh, the mortgage for her property, and paid it off. She did not go to the police to tell them about Lampier's allegedly life-threatening conduct. The reason for this, most later concluded, was that there had been no threats. <laughs> she was merely setting the stage for her own arson. Lampier, suspected of arson and murder. <laughs> and murder. For keeps! Uh, Joe Maxon, who had been hired to replace Lampier in February of 1908, awoke in the early hours of April 28, 1908. I'm not going to say 1908 anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had smelled smoke in his room, which was on the second floor of the Guinness house. He opened the hall door to a sheet of flames. Maxon screamed Guinness's name and those of her children, but got no response. He slammed the door and then, in his underwear, leapt from the second-story window of his room, barely surviving the fire that was closing in about him. He raced to town to get help, but by the time the old-fashioned hook and ladder arrived, the farm was... A gutted heap of smoking ruins.
2: I could, there, as soon as you said, leapt from the second story window in yeah. his underwear, I totally pictured like that old timey cartoon thing where they put both their feet together and it, yes, whoop. man, yeah. i but in his underwear, out. yeah, for keeps for show sure. mm-hmm. boxes <laughs> and <coughs> tank top. Tank oh, in.
0: so at the Fox smoking ruins, ruins top, yeah, fucking, I don't know. Pedophiles. bastards. Uh, four bodies were found inside the house. One of the bodies was that of a woman who could not immediately be identified as Guinness since she had no head. That can be a problem sometimes when wanting to identify awesome. Especially since the head was never found. Uh, the bodies of her children were found still in their beds. Uh, the county sheriff, Smutzer, that's right. I'm Sheriff Smutzer. I like it. I don't,
2: that's, uh, he needs to stay away from me. Sounds very, uh, back
0: alley. (laughs) Smutzer. I'm the sheriff for this shit back alley. (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff Smutzer. What seems to be the problem? (laughs) Sounds dark and dirty.
1: This game of dice ain't right, Sheriff Smutzer.
2: Sheriff (sighs) Smutzer.
0: He had somehow heard about Lampier's alleged threats. Uh, He took one look at the carnage and quickly sought out the ex-handyman. Lee, Lee Litter, the the lawyer uh, came forward to recount his tale about Guinness's will and how she feared that Lampier would kill her and her family and burn down her house mm-hmm. you know how the exact thing that she said would happen happened yeah uh Lampier didn't much help his own cause though uh, at the moment the sheriff confronted him and before a word was uttered by the lawman Lampier exclaimed did Widow did Winno Guinness and the kids get out all right <laughs> But then you would have to be like, wait, if he did it, he would know that the bitch don't have no head. Right. He didn't do it. He was then told about the fire, uh, but he denied having anything to do with it, claiming that he was not near the farm when the blaze occurred. A youth, a youth, uh, John Sol, Solim, He was brought forward. These
2: he... utes and their gang names. Man. Jeez. The, the Crips and the
0: Bloods for Evas. What's the world coming true? For keeps. He said that he had been watching the Guinness place and that he saw a Lampier running down the road from from the Guinness house just before the structure erupted in flames. Lampier snorted to the boy, You wouldn't look me in the eyes and say that. For keeps. For keeps, keeps, I said! Yes, I will, replied Solium. You found me hiding behind the bushes and you told me you'd kill me if I didn't get out of there. Lampier was arrested and charged with murder and arson then. Jesus. Uh, The scores of investigators... Uh, Then, scores of investigators uh, Sheriff's deputies, coroners, men, And many volunteers began to search the ruins For evidence Man, the body of the headless woman Was of deep concern To Laporte's residents No shit You think? No shit, no shit See, (gasps) Christofferson Chris Christofferson was there Man I didn't know he was that old He looks good, I think (laughs) <laughs> Probably not anymore, but he did when he was famous. Okay. A neighboring farmer took one look at the charred remains of this body and said it was not the remains of Belle Guinness. So did another farmer, L. Nicholson, and so did Mrs. Austin Cutler, an old friend of Guinness. More of Guinness's old friends, uh, Mrs. May Olander and Mister Sigward Olson had arrived from Chicago. They exclaimed. They examined the remains of the headless woman and said it was not Guinness. Why don't you let me poke around in there for a minute, I'll let you know if it's her. Right. No, it's not her. Right, that seems... She used to have a head, you see. Seems like (coughs) a breach of
2: protocol. Yeah. No, don't wash your hands, man. Everybody, come see this headless
0: body. That's right, bring sticks. Burn the
2: corpse.
0: We're gonna poke it! (laughs) Doctors then measured the remains, and making allowances for the missing neck and head, stated the corpse was that of a woman. Okay, Uh thanks for that. Who stood five feet, three inches tall and weighed, the gave it away. weighed no more than 150 pounds. Friends and neighbors, as well as the Laporte Clothiers, who made her dresses and other garments, swore that Guinness was taller than 5'8 and weighed between 180 and 200 pounds. That's a big old bitch. Man, but you know what? Fire takes off a few pounds, I hear. I mean, the fat
2: does render. Yes. It doesn't take off a few <laughs> inches of height, but...
0: No, no. No, and also probably not 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, Detailed measurements of the body were compared with those on file with several LaPorte stores where she purchased her apparel. When two uh, sets of measurements were compared, the authorities concluded that the headless woman could not possibly have been Belle Guinness. Even when the ravages of fire on the body were taken into account, the flesh was badly burnt, of course, but intact. Um, So, moreover, Dr. J. Myers exclaimed... Examined the, I don't know why I keep seeing that as exclaimed. Anyway, uh, the internal organs of the dead woman. He sent stomach contents of the victims to a pathologist in Chicago who reported months later that the organs contained a lethal dose of strychnine and guacamole.
2: And guacamole. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There was a heavy uh, Spanish population there in La Porte. Delicious.
0: Spanish Spanish and Norway together at at last. Man, (laughs) the food was terrible good. (laughs) <laughs> the morbid discovery time okay. Guinness's dentist dr Ira P Norton that sounds like a dentist to me yeah it does he said that if the teeth/ dental work of the headless corpse had been located he could definitely ascertain if that was she if we had a head yeah well tough know. shit doc <laughs> why don't we're gonna find her foot doctor we're gonna find her <laughs> podiatrist and see if this fucking works oh. excuse me
2: I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a guy that has zero information for you. I just wanted to give you my two cents so that. You're I could about have told you,
0: could have told you something. Now I can't though. Yeah. Is there food here? Is there food for
2: for people? <laughs> I was told there'd be punch and pie.
0: So we all look like fools then, don't yeah. we? Yes. Uh, thus, Lewis Klondike Schultz, a former miner, was hired to build a sluice and begin sifting the debris. As more bodies were unearthed, the sluice was used to isolate human remains on a larger scale. Ooh, that's On
2: gross.
0: May nineteenth, nineteen oh eight. A piece of bridge work was found consisting of two human canine teeth, their roots still attached, porcelain teeth and gold crown work in between. Jesus. Norton identified them as work done for Guinness. As a result, coroner Charles Mack officially concluded that the adult female body discovered in the ruins was Belle Guinness, even though it couldn't possibly have been. Um that was pretty smart of her. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna tear mm-hmm. my bottom jaw out. <clears throat> I'm gonna toss it in there. Uh, Asley, uh, Isley, brothers Hel- Helg arrived in the port and told Sheriff Smutzer that he believed his brother had met with foul play at Guinness's hands. Then Joe Maxon came forward with information that could not be ignored.
2: Listen, listen. Let me just interject this real fast. Mm-hmm. It it's not considered foul play if it's consensual, okay? If he said he was okay with putting things in his butt, then that's you know then then that's on him. That's not on his brother to to
0: Well, it's it's obviously the ducks were involved. We understand that. We understand that there was foul play. Listen. (laughs) It's okay
2: if you consent. It doesn't matter if it's her hands or if it's her toes. Or a wing some, or a beak.
0: Some dudes like a big toe in there. I don't. Know. I don't ever think I've heard that as a thing. That it's I don't. A thing. Trust I don't me. need to know that it's trust a thing, me. and I would rather not trust you anymore Thank
2: you. <laughs> you always <laughs> trusted me in the past, so, and I have never put a thing in your thing.
0: That's very true because of it. Well then, trust you, I shall. That's right. Then Joe Maxson came forward with information that could not be ignored. He told the sheriff that Guinness had ordered him to bring loads of dirt by wheelbarrow to a large area surrounded by a high wire fence where the hogs were fed. You said loads. I did say that. Yes, I read it. I didn't. It, I didn't come up with it, but I did come up with come up. That's gross. For keeps. Maxon said. Off pudding even. <laughs> <laughs> Maxon said that there were many deep depressions in the ground that had been covered by dirt. These filled-in holes Guinness had told Maxon contained rubbish she wanted the ground made level, so he filled in the depressions. Uh-huh. Smutzer then took a dozen men back to the farm and began to dig. Smutzer. <clears throat> On May 3rd of the year that shall not be named, <laughs> the diggers unearthed the body of Jenny Olsen. A lot happened that year. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Jenny Olson, who was the, the, the daughter-type uh, yep, yep. uh, orphan girl. Pregnant uh, They Then they found the small... She birth, that's right. Yep. Found the small bodies of two unidentified children. Gee. Subsequently, the body of Andrew uh, Helglin was unearthed. His overcoat was found to be worn by Lampier. Mm. Wow. That's a really nice coat he's got there. Let's not mess that up. Uh, as days progressed and the gruesome work continued, one body after another was discovered in Guinness's hog pen. Old B. Uh, Budsburg of... Uh, Old B. Oh. Iola, that's right, Eola, yep, Wisconsin. Yep, yep. Uh, Thomas Lindbow, who had left Chicago and gone to work as a hired man for Guinness three years earlier. Big Limbo. Henry Gerhold of Scandinavia, uh, who had gone to wed her a year earlier, taking $1,500. I hear they make cheap furniture there. <clears throat> it's good, though. I mean, it looks nice. Don't sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf Severhund. From Chicago, Ooh. I doubt that's where he's originally from. Uh, <laughs> John Moe of Elbow Lake, we miss you, John. You Use an elbow macaroni in heaven to make pitches of hell. Olaf Lindblom, Blu- age thirty-five, from Wisconsin. Uh, these are reports of possible victims uh, began coming in to the area. Like, hey, what about this guy, uh, William Mingay? A coachman of New York City who had left the city on April first, nineteen o four, Herman Konitzer of Chicago, Charles Edmond of New Carlisle, George Berry of Tuscaloosa, uh, Christy Hilviken, wait no, Hilk Hilkvin of Dover, Barron County, Wisconsin, uh, Charles Nieberg. A uh, 28-year-old Scandinavian immigrant who lived in Philadelphia told friends that he was going to visit Guinness in June of 1906 and never came back. He had been working for a salon keeper and took $500 with him. Ooh. John H. McJunkin. What?
2: I love it. John, I love it.
0: John H. McJunkin. I think that
2: that should be fucking...
0: That should be a porn name for every yeah. every man ever. <clears throat> Sprinkles fucking intern. John H. McJunkin. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, I don't even want to know what happened. Oh, he left his wife. Sprinkle uh, and McJunkin. After corresponding with a LaPorte woman. Now that's a lawyer firm
2: you cannot trust.
0: <laughs> Sprinkle, McJunkin, and Mo. Sprinkle, McJunkin, and Moe. We
2: what? get some
0: job done. We will fuck some shit up. Might be for you, might be against you. I don't know. None of us are really lawyers. We are
2: overruled <laughs> right. more often than not.
0: We get kicked out of courtrooms fairly often, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: Henry uh Bizig of Laporte, who disappeared in nineteen oh six. Bert Chase of Miss uh, Miss Hawakaha? Wait. Miss Hawaka. Miss Hawaka. Mishawaka. It's it, in Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. it is. It says Mishawaka, Indiana. Yeah. That's what I said. Been there several times. Yeah, he he sold his uh, butcher shop and and went to go with a person like that. Mishawaka. Uh, tons Peterson, uh, Tons Peterson Lean of Rushford, Minnesota. Wait, 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 wait! You can't be Tons and Lean at the same time. You are. If I that sounds like just he's just husky. <laughs> you are. If my my mispronunciations can be believed, uh, there was a gold ring marked S B May twenty eighth nineteen o seven found in the ruins. A hired man named George Bradley of Tusc- uh, Tuscola, Tusc- Tus- Tuscola, yeah, Tuscola, Illinois, uh, alleged to have gone there uh, to meet with a widow, uh, T.J. Tiffland, Frank Rittinger, Emil Tell, Lee Porter, John E. Hunter, uh, two other Pennsylvanians, George Williams of Wapawala, Pin, never been man, and Ludwig Stoll of Mount Yeager, uh, Abraham Phillips. Benjamin, man, this fucking list. This is serious. Uh, st- okay, so Benjamin Carling. Uh, then there was uh, Augustus Gunderson, Ole Oleson, uh L- Linder Nicholson, Andrew Anderson, Johan Sorensen. A possible victim was named Hinkley. Just Hinkley. Uh-huh, man. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then there were reported unnamed victims, uh, a daughter of, of someone in, in Toledo, Ohio, an unknown man and woman uh, that were uh, alleged to be going that way. A brother of Miss Jean Graham of of Wakashubashaw, a hired man from Ohio, an unnamed man from Montana. Good Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> she had a problem. <clears throat> not, not after all those people was dead. Problem freak. Most of the remains found on the property couldn't be identified Her because... the problem was eating solid foods after losing that bridge. Man. That's what it was. The gold, too. She yeah. should get the gold. Fucking A. I was wondering what she was doing all the fucking money. You can't... You just run in a farm? That can't be that fucking expensive. Uh. Um, most of the remains that were found couldn't actually be identified because of the crude recovery methods. <clears throat> um, the exact number of individuals unearthed on the Guinness farm is unknown, but is believed to be approximately 12. On May 19th, 1908, remains of approximately seven unknown victims were buried in two coffins in unmarked graves in the pauper section of Laporte's Pine Lake Cemetery. Andrew Helgelin and Ginny Olson are buried in Laporte's Patton Cemetery near Peter Guinness. The trial of Ray Lampier. He was arrested on May 22nd and tried for murder in arson. He denied the charges of arson and murder that were filed against him, because that's what you do when you are charged with murder and arson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, his defense basically hinged everything on the assertion that the body was not of Miss Guinness. So, Lampier's lawyer... So he killed these people, perhaps. Maybe. But it wasn't her, so, no. I mean... He might have killed everybody that's there, but mm-hmm. not that lady. She's laughing in heaven somewhere because he killed her <laughs> uh wurt wait no Jesus. warden wurt warden that's his lawyer's name uh developed evidence that contradicted norton's identification of the teeth and bridge work a local jeweler testified that though the gold in the bridgework had emerged from the fire almost undamaged the fierce heat of the conflagration had melted the gold plating on several watches and items of gold jewelry uh, local doctors replicated the conditions of the fire by attaching a similar piece of dental bridgework to a human jawbone and placing it in a blacksmith's forge. The real teeth crumbled and disintegrated. The porcelain teeth came out pocked and pitted, with the gold parts rather melted. Both the artificial elements were damaged to a greater degree than those in the bridgework offered as evidence of her identity. So, in other words, she fe- planted the shit after the fucking fire and shit. Oh, nice. Uh, the hired hand Joe Maxon and another man also testified that they'd seen Klondike Schultz take the bridge work out of his pocket and plant it just before it was discovered. Oh, yeah, that's right. Lampier was found guilty of arson but acquitted of murder. On November twenty-six, he was sentenced to twenty years in the state prison. Jesus, fuck yeah. Uh, he died of tuberculosis on December thirtieth, right, in- yeah. nineteen o nine. So about a year later. Jesus, yeah. Uh, January fourteenth, nineteen ten. The uh, Reverend E. A. Shell came forward with a confession that Lamphear was said to have made to him while the clergyman was comforting the dying man. In it, Lamphear revealed Guinness's crimes and swore that she was still alive. Lamphear had stated to the Reverend Shell and to a fellow convict, Harry Myers, shortly before his death, that he had not murdered anyone, but that he had helped Guinness bury many of her victims. When a victim arrived, she made him comfortable, charming him and cooking him a large meal. She then would drug. Uh, his coffee and when the man was in a stupor she split his head with a meat chopper sometimes she would simply wait for the suitor to go to bed and then enter the bedroom by candlelight and chloroform her sleeping victim a powerful woman Guinness would then carry the body to the basement place it on a table and dissect it she then bundled the remains and buried these in the hog pen to the grounds and about the house I mean at least she did the nasty part of her own work yeah indeed uh, Belle had become an expert at dissection, thanks to instructions she had received from her second husband, the butcher Peter Guinness.
2: You I'm saying.
0: To save time, she sometimes poisoned her victim's coffee with strychnine. She also varied her disposal methods, sometimes dumping the corpse into the hog-scalding vat. Why would you scald hogs in a vat? I'm so curious. And covering the remains with quicklime. Uh, Lampier even stated that if Belle was overly tired after murdering one of her victims, she merely chopped up the remains and in the middle of the night stepped into her hog pen and fed the remains to the hogs. Okay. Yeah. Just like brick talk. Mm-hmm. The handyman also cleared up the mysterious question of the headless female corpse found in the smoking ruins. Uh, Guinness had lured this woman from Chicago on the pretense of hire- hiring her as a housekeeper. Uh, only days before the the whole happening thing happened. mm mm-hmm. um, so Guinness, according to Lampier, uh had drugged the woman, then bashed her head in and decapitated the body, taking her head, which had weights tied to it, to a swamp where she threw it in deep water. She then chloroformed her children, smothered them to death, and dragged their small bodies along with the headless corpse to the basement. She dressed the female corpse in her old clothing and removed her false teeth, replacing these beside the headless corpse to assure it would be identified as Belle. She then torched the house and fled lampier had helped her he admitted but she had not left by the road where he waited for her after the fire had been set she had betrayed her one-time partner in crime in the end by cutting across open fields and then disappearing into the woods some accounts suggest that lampier admitted that he took her to stillwell which is a town about nine miles from the port and saw her off uh, to a train to chicago he had said that Guinness was a rich woman and that she had murdered 42 men by his count, perhaps more, and then had taken amounts from them ranging from 1000 to $32,000. She had allegedly accumulated uh, more than $250,000 through her murder schemes over the years, uh, which wow. is a huge fortune, about $6.3 million today. Uh, she had a small amount remaining in one of her savings accounts, but local banks later admitted that she had indeed withdrawn most of her funds shortly before the fire. The fact that Guinness withdrew most of her money suggested that she was planning to evade the law. So, wow, the aftermath.
2: This woman was a boss.
0: Yeah, she's pretty badass, actually. Uh, Guinness was, for several decades, allegedly seen or sighted in cities and towns throughout the United States. Friends, acquaintances, and amateur detectives apparently spotted her on the streets of Chicago, San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, and as late as 1931... She was reported alive and living in a mississippi town where she supposedly owned a great deal of property and lived the life of a doyen d-o-y-e-n-n-e never heard of it a smutzer for more than 20 years received an average of two reports a month (laughs) she became part of american criminal folklore a female bluebeard if you will whom we've Mm -hmm. spoken about before Mm -hmm. the bodies of guinness's three children uh, were found in the home's wreckage, but the headless adult female corpse found with them was never positively identified. Uh, Guinness's true fate is unknown. La port residents were divided between believing that she was killed by Lampier and that she had faked her own death. Um, and in 1931, a woman known as Esther Carlson was arrested in Los Angeles for poisoning uh, Auguste Lindstrom for money. Two people who had known Guinness claimed to recognize her from the photographs, but the identification was never proved. Carlson died while awaiting trial. Uh, the burial exhumation and the DNA analysis. The body believed to be that of Belle Guinness was buried next to her first husband at Forest Home Cemetery in Forest Park, Illinois. On November fifth, two 2007, with the permission of descendants of Belle's sister, the headless body was exhumed from Guinness's grave in Forest Home Cemetery by a team of forensic anthropologists and graduate students from the University of Indianapolis in an effort... In an effort, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in an effort to learn her true identity, it was initially hoped that a sealed envelope flap on the letter found at the victim's farm would contain enough DNA to be compared to that of the body. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough DNA there, so efforts continue to find a reliable source for comparison purposes, including the disinterment of additional bodies and contact with known living relatives the end wow yes (laughs) what do you think of uh of hell's bells
2: man I think this woman fucking had a mission and did her thing Jesus yeah
0: she is a looker is she not quite man give me give me some of that I can only imagine (laughs) how how handsome
2: this uh this farmhand body barrier
0: dude was it uh man that okay so the the 12 uh 12 no 13 confirmed for sure uh but upwards of more likely around 42 that's is crazy that's a lot of work that's a lot a lot of that's a that's dead people all over the place all the time yeah you know
2: yeah
0: uh th- there's her and her kids that she killed that's a lot of dismemberment. sad of uh always. there's her when she was quote unquote hot I guess I guess uh, yes. uh Here's uh, the, the road uh, leading up to her farm where looky-loos would park their bicycles and motor cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's her burned-out fucking farmhouse. Oh, shit. Uh, here's her burned-out basement mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, cops are doing stuff, looking for stuff. That says, uh, bodies found here yeah. in the, in there. Uh, this is them. This is one of the hog pits. Uh, this is probably another hog pit. And then there's other, you know, video. and Not video. There's no video. Uh, there might be video. Though. Anyway, what'd you think? You
2: uh, like her? I, yeah, no, I thought it was cool. It was it was definitely a thing that uh that was a story that was worth telling. That's <laughs> that's quite a few bodies. She she definitely has more than some of the people that we've talked about.
0: Yeah, and even and though
2: she did all her dirty work, that's yeah cool.
0: Even though she usually, <clears throat> you know, poisoned or drugged them she still fucking killed them with a meat cleaver. <laughs> you yeah. know? It wasn't weeks or whatever of of, uh, of poisoning or months of poisoning or years of poisoning just to uh, to collect a little bit of that insurance money.
2: Well, they never said she was a patient woman.
0: <clears throat> oh, no, she didn't seem like it. That all happened in a year or two? That's crazy. I mean, yeah.
2: That is so much fucking body dismemberment and fucking... Like,
0: that's a lot of I mean, at, at that point, it's like she never, she thought she was just never gonna get caught for doing it. Apparently. Until fucking old boy got fucking jealous. Maybe she thought neighbors didn't have eyes or something. I, I don't, I don't know. She I, didn't care that they had eyes. She could just poke them out. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I don't understand how you could have that much traffic at your place that never left and not fucking imagine that people are
0: taking note of this. Yeah. Because I, I, the thing is, is that Usually when she would have a, a suitor f- agree to, to move there she would say tell no one where you're going absolutely no one which everyone would obviously tell people where they were fucking going.
2: You would think that that was something right yeah. there that,
0: that was like red flag exactly red so flag. I mean that's there's so many fucking dudes from all around all saying I'm coming to'm to, going out there to marry my, my new wife. I love her. We're going to be great, guys. I'll see you later. Yeah.
2: 42 in one year is
0: so much fucking work, dude. And again, what in the fuck is she doing with all of the money? Right. Like, the money is staggering. The amount. Is it worth, well, in 2008 dollars, worth fucking 6.5 million dollars she was running a fucking hog farm murder plantation.
2: I mean yeah I, I think I think we've mentioned it in another episode before though that <clears throat> that you know sometimes it's it's once you get used to doing this sort of thing, it's the lifestyle of having money and the process like I don't know that it's the murder that that gets addictive mm-hmm. but it's the procurement of the money that gets addictive it's kind of like a gambling habit i think
0: all right so you know? even if there's no big payout at the end it's it's the it's the chase really well
2: no not so much it's it's more like uh the enjoyment of receiving said money even if it's not an mm. insurance payout they show up with cash it almost doesn't right, matter right, right. how much it is right just that she's getting free money and yeah, which, which is
0: why you know, uh, the, the the last guy that was mentioned that he was going to go, but he was poor. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, why did she even why did they even get to that step? And like, right. maybe he just lied the whole time and said he had money and then just couldn't show his face because he didn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. entirely possible. And I think I, I think it's just at some point it just doesn't like the murder part of it and the dismemberment like you're so used to doing that that it's just like ah, okay yeah let's just do another one i mean it just let's... becomes
0: part of the process of making the sausage yeah exactly so as long as you love delicious sausage then that middle part it's gonna happen because that sausage is really good
2: yeah because clearly like you said at some mm. point there's no like what are you doing with all this money like there's nothing you can really do Flashing all this money on a hog farm, like what the fuck are yeah, you doing? Exactly. So exactly. And, and yeah, you you have to just get like addicted to getting the money. It doesn't matter what it is that you can or can't do with it, but that you have it and that you're getting it. Well, like I don't,
0: you, I don't know. You might as well face it. She was That's addicted to love. <laughs> That's I think. <laughs> yeah, Robert Palmer said it better than we ever could. I'll take it. Man, with those weird-ass, supposedly hot women awkwardly moving behind him in a very... Possibly clones, but definitely not if you really look at them. Certainly terrified to be there. Agreed. Man. Yeah. Robert Palmer, you are my hero. Yeah. Yeah, Jason's (laughs) hero. The lights are on, but you're not home. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any other words. Uh, But yeah, so that was a... uh, I dig it. uh, A fun one. I dig it. That was a good one. Yeah. And uh, uh, you have just listened to a fun one of a hog body finding farm episode of... (laughs) See no. Hear no, speak no.
2: Indeed. Uh, Yeah, the fucking... Jesus, I got nothing else to say. Fucking mm-hmm. UFOs, conspiracies, and us. Normally I have a little something to throw in there, but I, I mean, I think we've said it all. I
0: can't, I, I got nothing. I, I think that your explanation of having nothing speaks volumes. I got nothing. Email us at oh s n p o d at gmail.com. I should have had that, huh? We will hit you back on your two-way. That's right. Mm. That's right. The 90s style, bitch. Countdown. Three, two, us. and a one. Oh, yeah. Later, oh, yeah. Later It's closer to the truth. I can't get enough. You're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna have to You're gonna have to Might well love. love.